um, session is actually going to be a live recording of a podcast. Um, so Rebecca and Harriet have a um, podcast and they, they'll just cut this bit out so that they don't have me blabbing in there. <laughs> um, so any questions that you have um, afterwards, we'll just um, go straight to the end of the session and then we'll get, pull them through there. Um, so just a little bit about the um, these two lovely ladies. So Harriet is a communications and people engagement manager at Sky. Um, she has nearly 15 years experience in comms journalism, public affairs um, in companies such as Hackney Council, UK Civil A Aviation Authority, Transport for London, Sky, Merton Council, Hackney Council, the list goes on. And then we have Rebecca Roberts, who is the founder of Thread and Fable, which is a marketing and communication setup, bringing expert practitioners together to deliver award-winning results. Um, so I'll pass over to these guys um, who are going to record their episode now. So good luck. <laughs> and I'll see you at the end. <laughs> Thanks. Well, this episode, we're recording live at Comteria 2022, and we're talking all about moving with the tide through all the change of the pandemic and what this year has been like and how we've kind of personally and professionally been riding the wave. Any lessons we've learned, although I must say we're no self-help gurus, and what we're thinking about as communicators going through it all. Um, hi, Harriet. I mean, it's perhaps a bit of an understatement of the year to say there's been a lot of change. How are you and how are you really when it comes to all of this? Um... Well, since we last recorded this, I have had a whirlwind of nine months. I have gotten a new job. I have gone back to Sky. So I've been ranked back to Sky, which is a interesting turn of events, as most people have said. Um, and also, I have taken a new role around products. I've never worked in products before. So that is working with all the TV roadmap TV products and the roadmap. So, looking after the Sky Glass, which is on the new. Product. So, it is a whirlwind working product. And I think the other thing as well is just going back to the office. I mean, I'm in the office, as you can see, I'm in this random booth. Um, I'm in the office three to four days a week. Those are changing my life. Um. I mean, kind of the same. Like I've had lots of different projects this year and we've kind of laughed about like the way we've kind of worked and changed. And I think what's really been strange is kind of getting back to actually seeing people in real life and real events and things like virtual events like this are great. And we've got loads of hybrid events, but it's quite an adjustment. I think going through those sort of social events and sort of time with clients and I know a lot of people have really struggled with that getting back into the office some people have really loved it some people not so much and we did talk about this last season that whole kind of new normal but I think we're never going back to pre-pandemic life so I think I mean I don't know whether you've got any advice around like kind of handling it but I think it's just being really honest about how you feel about different things whether that is hybrid working or I guess the social side of like going to an event and then needing time to kind of recover afterwards. I don't know about, don't know about you. Um, it's a hard one because I've gone from being at home and probably coming to the office one or two days a week to now being in the office four days a week in a completely different job, completely different sector. It's been an interesting challenge. I think it's all just about really... How am I going to ride the wave? What are the things that I sort of 
need to put in place the habits standards what's consistent in my life what are those things that I sort of are my anchor things so you and I love exercise so that's an anchoring point for me eating healthy is an anchor point getting to bed early is an anchor point professional development but then it's also all the other things around the change so even though I've had all these huge changes I think about all the changes in society so we've had the covid rules change we've had travels opened up again which has thrown a lot of things in the mix we have the cost of living crisis we have a new prime minister which I won't go into because we've now got a king from a queen um you know Instagram is no longer the the number one app as opposed to TikTok taking over um we've got a war in Ukraine I mean everything is just blown up yeah I think it's I think that's a that's a good two good points that I want to kind of uh, pick on I, like we I ran an event with a colleague um a few weeks ago in Birmingham the TikTok event and me and two of the other speakers messaged the next day and we were like have you built in a quiet day today because I like really needed that for myself like I'll be I'm like an extrovert introvert and I felt like totally spent after kind of doing that in-person event which is sounds really ridiculous me saying it here but I just think that is something I just build in for myself because I know that I'll feel kind of maxed out afterwards um but yeah with so much going on I think it's I think it's um, as communicators as well. It's like, how do you even manage that stakeholder or the comms mix? And I think um, a key thing for me is like doubling down on what I know about in terms of comms and that people first thing. Because I think that reading the room and that empathy and listening, whether that's social listening or just understanding what your audience or different stakeholders need, as well as yourself, is really important. Like, how many people didn't read the room right in terms of like the royal funeral? so many brands like so many brands um I think with the pandemic that continual change like oh it's the first time we've done done this it is but we go back to those kind of skills that we have and I think that's kind of an important grounding thing for me just knowing like okay well I haven't dealt with talking to an audience about cost of living crisis but we have that talked to people in a real state of flux for the past three years Um, one campaign I did last year was with students and it was really interesting because there was a sense that students with the results and like clearing are going to be really anxious and really worried about everything. And this campaign was for UCAS. And they were like, actually, yes, but what we want to do is create space for people because not everyone's feeling the same. So that whole listen to the audience and not assuming you know how they're feeling about a situation is really important. And we had a whole messaging framework, which is based on a spectrum of how of emotions effectively. So some people really happy with results, want to celebrate, some a bit concerned and not going too one or the other and I think that's that's how we all feel but I think that's really a good kind of premise for some of this complicated comms right now is that let's not assume that you know that whole the cost of living thing is really important we were literally just talking before we started this about something Harriet's been doing today around like how do we speak to staff and support staff right now and I think it's really interesting let's not assume we know what people want or how they feel about something so that whole asking and listening is I think the most important thing at the moment with just the amount of craziness going on. Also, two things. So one is one is really around fewer, bigger, better. And my boss is trying to drill that into us. And it's it's sort of one of our big business narratives at the moment. But when people are so overwhelmed by things, doing fewer, bigger, better, especially with comms, will help in the long run. Because if you have really tiny pieces of things going out, People get really confused by the messages and especially when there's overwhelm. So people will lose things. So fewer, bigger, better just works for me now. It's like 
fewer things, bigger and better, and then just sticking to those key messages and narratives. And I think it really helps when you work somewhere or when you're in an organisation that really knows its mission um, and its focus. And I've been in organisations like that. But I think also as a comms team, you have to really narrow down what are those things we're wasting time doing? Those reports that, that are not doing anything for anyone that no one reads, like can we add measurement in there? We add measurement in there. We know how many people are clicking it. If not a lot of people are engaging with it, cut it. Um, what are those, you know, nonsense um, events that or meetings that you have to keep going to? You're not contributing in the meeting. You're probably doing other things at the same time and you're probably not even focused. But the other thing as well is what are the things you're going to just ride out and let, and let them go with the wave versus what are the things you're going to engage with? And I, I think the, the really interesting one for me was around the political climate, especially I think a lot of organisations have hooked onto this thing of we have to be seen to commenting on everything and we have to be seen to be involved in everything. We have to make a meme or a gif or a thing about everything. And I think about, you know, Will Smith and the slap. What was the oh, point of everybody yeah. getting involved in that? I know, I literally was with a client and I think we talked about this, didn't we? But I was with a client the day after that moment and they were like the digital team like really excited we're gonna put something about that and promote tickets and I was like why would you do this like but why you don't have to have a hot take on it and actually the take is has got a pretty dark side around violence like what's your what's your reasoning and I think that with so much change at the moment I think don't do I mean it's a buzzword isn't it and it's annoying but that authenticity like why would you have a comment on that like you know we've seen it with Black Lives Matter the war in Ukraine like no one cares that you've put a blue and yellow thing on your fridge, like lovely. And it's for my kids, a great message. But unless you're doing something that's contributing, you know, what's the point? And it's the same for organisations, like don't greenwash, rainbow wash, all the rest of it. It's really important that actually, if you are going to have a take on something or do something within your comms that you see it through end to end, it's an authentic move. And it sort of goes back to, like you say, about having authentic purpose. Otherwise it is a bit awkward I think as comms we've got a real role to sort of play with that and sort of ask is that actually happening is that something we believe in or doing because otherwise like, why are we doing it yeah there's a there's a podcast I started listening to it's by Ali Mack it's called Changes she interviews all these famous people she talks to them essentially about change and it's really kind of because she goes through okay what what's how did you make the change um, when you were sort of transitioning career so she had sort of Joanne McNally on there talking about when she left PR and then became a comedian she's had people like Jimmy Carr she's had Davina McCall talking about menopause it's a really good podcast I recommend it but what what I really learned from that is around how those people use those pivotal moments in their lives and how they 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 sort of use those moments to pivot them forward in a change and I know we hate that word pivot but what it makes me think about is even in our own organisations, how do we use those changes to innovate and to help the business or the organisation go forward? And I think about at the moment with the cost of living crisis. So we're at the front lines and I'm, I mostly do internal comms because I hate speaking to journalists. But I think about it from the aspect of how am I helping the organisation understand where the gaps are? So we know there's the great resignation. We know there's things like quiet quitting how are we communicating those things that I'm hearing on the ground from employees, whether that be our own employees or employees in other organisations, or what's generally happening in the space and communicate that to our senior leaders so they understand that these things are happening? Because some of them won't know what Joe, Joe Bloggs is doing or corporate Natalie is doing on Twitter. They won't know that she's talking about 
quiet quitting on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. They won't know. So it's about us saying to them, you've got this whole gamut of people who are silently disengaging from the workforce. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, I think it's, um, oh, we live a little reference. Like, I'm going to be like, listen to the show notes because that's what we talk about. Um, but there's a, a TED talk and a similar thing by a guy called Jim Hemmeling. And he talks about, you know, like uh, transformation and change. He said, you know, the reason businesses get it wrong so much is because they focus on like, this is going to save us money. It's about headcount and efficiency. And people, I don't give a shit. They don't really care about that kind of stuff. And he says the key thing is around putting people first. And it's, it is about people and storytelling and emotion. And I think that two-way communication and listening to people, that is so much more of value than that whole being seen to be doing the right thing or kind of being seen to do the right thing around change, uh, cost of living. Because, yeah, I think it does really matter to your internal staff, but also your stakeholders and how you're seen as a brand. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think the people first is a good is a really good point, especially in today's society. I feel like a lot of people now have realised that a lot of the organisations we used to think were amazing on the outside, and I won't call any of them out, but most of you probably know the ones I'm talking about. But then when they eventually get exposed for not being as great as they are, you will find that at the heart of it is because they didn't put people first, whether that's their own employees, whether that's subcontractors whether that's um, people who make their garments or make their um, products, they never put them first. And I think about all the things around greenwashing. And if you think about even change, you think about the climate change crisis that we're going through at the moment, that's not a change. We can just ride out that something actually that we need to take actual steps to. But it's also interesting how that is communicated because are those steps that we're taking are they just for individuals or are they for the businesses? So it, it, how is that communicated? So businesses doing the right thing versus the actual change that we make as individuals. And I think there's a lot of disconnect between how that change is being communicated. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if any of you followed, it's a, it's a rugby one. You might have heard this, Harriet, the, the Worcester Warriors um, stuff around the club and how the owners after, I mean, it was always a club set up by suddenly this big injection of money, right? But they basically folded bank- bankrupt last week, I think it was. And the the PR stuff from that was basically they firstly blamed the players for not taking enough of a pay cut. And secondly, they then blamed the fans for not coming and spending enough money. It's like, what two key audiences do you not want to like kind of mess with in a situation? And they kind of just went for them. But um, yeah, you see, you see that kind of incontinuity all the time. The If you've not seen it, the Woodstock... Um, three-parter on Netflix is fascinating um, and it's basically around the you know the, the Woodstock event in the 60s and how amazing it was and they tried to repeat it in the 90s and it just went horribly like fantastically wrong because they totally made it about money and and the profitable thing they just lost the essence of what the event was and it's a really good one for comms because you just think as soon as you lose that kind of purpose and who you're doing this all for um, without well, sounding too high and mighty like sometimes you, ha- you do have to sell something or you do have to have like a corporate aspect to your comms but as soon as you lose that kind of people thing like it's so uh, obvious and I think um, yeah I think definitely the moment with so much change going on unless you kind of go back to those basic points I think you could get really lost in and also message drift um, I know I, I've chatted to Clemmie Telford before um, on the podcast and, and we were talking about that you know you don't always have to have that purpose thing if it's not a cause or an area that it really fits with your organization like you might be better off just not 
having a, an opinion. And I think that's um, goes back to our, our Will Smith comment earlier. <laughs> but then, but then I think also is is that thing of control the controllables. So what can I control? What can I not control? We, we, for example, around the Queen's part, sad party, we can control the fact that we were now on a media blackout, couldn't put out any comms internally, externally. So what can you do in that moment? You figure out what work has been in the backlog, what can, what campaigns can I plan, what what training can I catch up? And I, and I think sometimes people get overwhelmed in that situation around what what can I can't do anything now. So we can't, but you can do something. It's not that you just have to sort of sit down and just do nothing. I think we all get triggered though because after the pandemic, we're like, oh my god, like it's the same. It's something's going to happen again, and we're all going to be locked down. It's all going to be like chaotic. And I genuinely think we are still like getting over that. Like something changes, like that's it. Then, like I, I saw rates going up the other night, and I was like, oh, here we go. And you just, I think it's that cynical <laughs> communicator in me, like it's going to be the you know doom scrolling. But I think it's really important, like you say, you kind of think about what else you can do and be proactive. Otherwise, we'd just be pretty depressed yeah because i think you uh, you probably know this better than me because you're on tiktok whereas i'm less on tiktok a bit more on instagram but you remember the whole I'm a lurker, thing everyone can i just say i'm not putting those tiktoks out i just want to say <laughs> well, I'm TikTok. but you remember over the summer when everyone was going mad at instagram because they changed essentially the platform and they were trying to become tiktok and everyone was saying boycott instagram now boycott instagram I don't know how many people boycotted Instagram on that day. I mean, I went on it by accident and then I realised I was supposed to be boycotting it today. But the thing is, is Instagram is going to change as a platform. If you are a creator, if you are a brand, if you are a communicator, you have to be able to ride that wave and say, it's changing. What do I need to do to upskill, to sort of maybe hone my audience? I control a lot of my audience. I think about, for example, local government. We have newsletters, we have our residents' email addresses. How do you make sure that you're future-proofing yourself and you're not dependent on a platform? Because we've seen that time and time again. Platforms either vanish, they change, they merge into another. You know, currently Elon Musk is buying Twitter. That could change within a couple of months and it's completely different. So how do you think about what are those things that we can future-proof ourselves against as a comms team so that we're okay? And I just think about, even crisis comms, how many crisis simulations did I do for royals passing away over the years? Countless, endless. And I don't think that we're in a place now where you can just say, oh, if a crisis happens, it will be okay. No, what are those processes? Because so much stuff is happening in the world and it's changed. We don't have that same, and also we have to be faster because by the time you've figured out that you know there's a that you work at the airport there's been a plane crash that news has already spread someone's filmed it on their phone put it on twitter put it on instagram it's gone like wildfire and then everyone's looking at you for the response so it's how fast can you react as well yeah it goes back to those kind of basics and processes rather than knowing what you you can't predict like you could not have predicted this year i'm sorry like monkeypox you correct like you it's just you wouldn't have put it on the odds were not good for the series series of unfortunate events of 2022 um but going back to your point around platforms, it's such a good one because I, look, I, my, I specialise in kind of youth engagement stuff a lot. And um, we always get this around, you know, well, it was, I, I literally, I was at an event maybe eight years ago and someone said Snapchat is inappropriate. It's not not going to be for us. And then it was for everyone. And now it's actually kind of dropped by a lot of universities. So it's not necessarily where they're going to put, they'd rather put energy into TikTok now. 
But you see it again with like, oh, no, I don't really get TikTok. It's not for me. I think as communicators, it is about, you know, going on there, exploring like as a channel. And it doesn't have to be for you personally. <laughs> again, you're not the target audience always. It's understanding how does that add. And also being really good at um, stopping things, like what things don't work for you anymore. Because I think it's com- in comms as well, there's that tendency to like think, oh, we've, we've got to be on everything. We don't. It's better to do you know, two or three things really excellently than trying to be across everything. But that, those two or three things might actually shift. Um, and definitely in a crisis, it's like you might not predict the crisis, but actually, if your protocols are right, you know that's that crisis happened. That means we're going to pause all our comms for now. We're going to focus on something else. So it's just having if those processes are in place, you kind of feel strong no matter what kind of 2022, dare I say, next year even throws at us. I'm excited slash daunted. I don't want to put any predictions out there right now, though. <laughs> 2023. 2023. I have no predictions for 2023, if I'm honest. None at all not even going to attempt to predict 2023 all I'm going to say is that I know I've got two weeks off in January that's all I know about 2023 <laughs> just take, take, take the plan month by month H. <laughs> just say, yeah just take and, and and I think I think that's the thing is there's things move really quickly but they also move really slowly we've all been there in comms where you know you've you've been planning this thing for ages and then finally it happens after six months it's been pushed and pushed and pushed and then there's times where a change just comes within a second. Someone like a chief exec or whoever resigns, and within two weeks or what, you have a new chief exec interim, and then everything just blows up. And and, and that's the nature of it, isn't it? But if you ever been in organisations that have done that whole thing around like what's your five year plan? Like, could you imagine having like like I don't even a year plans a push like five year like gee I, it's not going to happen is it so I think there is that you do still need to have your kind of a longer term view and not be too short term but equally if your processes and basics are right like we're pretty resilient and I think that the past few years and the, the way that we've been on has if it's taught us anything it is that we we can do we can be resilient with this kind of stuff yeah so my my biggest advice is probably make friends with your corporate resilience people because everyone's needed them in the last two years and um, and then just think about what I, what wave am I going to ride am I going to do fewer bigger better what am I chopping out and equipping yourself for the future because none of us know and it's about those survival tactics and having your anchoring things in place so your well-being staff your standards your boundaries and your consistency factors that's that's how I'm riding this wave I'd say all of that and then add in, um, find the networks like this one, comms here, of course, that sustain you. And that can be as formal or informal. I've had that many comms groups and little chats and group things that I'm on. And you know, you know, the people that kind of you get, you enjoy being around and you can just go, my clients are this, it's absolutely nuts. I need to kind of offload. And we've had so much of that this week. And it can just be a few gifts between a few comms people that make you feel loads better. And gifts are for old people, I know, but you know. I did turn 40 as someone's kindly said it was a big birthday I've just seen that in the comments yes it was thank you (laughs) Um, I think we're about done with the recording now and we're on time which I'm pretty proud of um Kate I don't know if you wanted to wrap up has anyone got any questions for us (laughs) hello um, yes, we do have. Oh, I've just realised how close I am to the screen. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do have a question. We have a question from Andrew Gledhall. Um, so here we go. Here it is. So do you think it becomes harder and harder to switch off, not just prof- professionally, 
also personally because of our, we work in comms and because of our job um like i say we, we've got to be plugged into what's happening on stuff all the time um and he actually spends more time on twitter than he does with his family unfortunately <laughs> oh that is tough yeah and i think that in terms of what um h was saying about those kind of anchoring points and what's important i think particularly during the pandemic i was getting to the point where i was like watching 10 o'clock news watching news night and then being like I can't see because I'm actually terrified and I think that you just have to know those triggers and balances yourself like yes you do need to know what's going on but actually the news agenda is quite repetitive and in one big cycle so you might just go I kind of know that or I need to build in a bit of space just do something totally different listen to have you got five minutes or read (laughs) or read something totally different like I started to read I read a lot of business stuff and factual stuff but started to read like fiction, which I haven't really put much energy into. But particularly this year, I was like, I really need that escapism, just as something totally different. So yeah, that's kind of, I think it's hard to switch off. You just need to build that stuff in. What about you, H? I am going to give a really practical one. So I, this year, introduced on my phone um, the time thing, the limit, the time limit. So I give myself time limits on social media and different platforms. So I actually have to physically press the button to say 15 more minutes or let's cancel the time limit for today. So that's what I actually do. So I have a time limit for different apps on my phone. The other thing I think which is really important is just know... So, for example, I commute in the morning on the train. So in the morning when I'm commuting, I will look at my emails or have a glance at it and just see what's on there. But I'm also very, what do I need to know? So do what is it I need to know for that day? So do I need to go in and get the So for me, the easiest thing is actually getting the email in the morning from Cantor. They've rebranded it now. I can't remember what the new name is. But I get the email every morning, which is just basically the summary of the newspapers. And I read that so I know what's happening in the world from that summary. So I then don't have to go on Twitter and check Twitter. That That's helped me as well. Um, so, yeah, there's different things you can do. But as, as Rebecca said, is that news cycle is it's just a loop. I mean, I work for Sky, the Sky News. I see it all day, the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm thinking, I don't need to see this. Um, what are those main things? What are the key takeaways I'm taking away from this? And then go on to the next thing. And even in the evening on my way home, I don't listen to any worky kind of podcasts or anywhere kind of things. I listen to comedy podcasts. Some nights I'm walking home, I listen to Alan Carr's travel show. I don't listen to the kind of worky stuff in the evening. I tend to like block that out for myself. That's probably my big one. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, like you say, um, I've not tried those um, timing apps thing, but um, I can tell you right now, I think yesterday, I maybe spent maybe like four hours on TikTok. You go so. into a TikTok hole, then suddenly you're oh, like buy, buying some Amazon hack. <laughs> <laughs> my story just kind of up, up lately, and my daughter's like, it was this because you watched TikTok again? I'm like, yes, it is. Like, I'm a total <laughs> yeah. You start singing the voice, the song comes <laughs> up in your head, and you're like, it's getting too much now. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, it's taken over. Brilliant. Well, um, I think that's it for questions um, for now, guys, from the um, audience. But I've just got one question. So you mentioned before um, to not not do every single platform in social media terms because it, if you're not doing them well, why why even do it? So which platforms would you say that are the most important for brands at the moment to jump on? I think it totally depends on audience, I think, like genuinely. Um, I don't buy into the fact that, well, TikTok isn't just for youth audiences. It genuinely is like a real fast 
growing platform for all ages and that is something I think if you can get your creative content and have the right mindset for TikTok it can work really well because you can also use a lot of that for reels Um, it just depends on on the type of um, work you want to put into it there's a lot of people that do it really really badly and they're still making it all about them and it's about it's still about your content but reframing it in the context of TikTok like you were saying you know whether it's it's the corn trend or whatever it is a, a trending bit of sound you just have to reframe that and Ryanair's a really great example of just getting the, the pitch right that's right for their brand I don't think you have to change who you are as a brand fully it's just recognizing the stretch of your kind of conversation so yeah I'd say TikTok is probably a really great one but I think it's just a good example of how to do kind of video for community really really well uh, I'll give two examples so internally one of my big things, and I learned this when I was at the CAA working on the collapse of Thomas Cook, and it was what is your single source of truth in your organisation? And for us, uh, within the department where business partners, we have a really amazing SharePoint page. That is our single source of truth for those people. So every other channel that we use, whether that be Yammer, whether that be Slack, whether that be Teams, whether that be anything else, we drive them to that single source of truth. And that's the same with the rest of the business, driving people to the to Day at Sky, which is our big sort of overarching um internet page and i and that for me is so important so it doesn't matter whether you're using slack or you're using a email newsletter it's what is a single source of truth that people can go to in the business and find what they're looking for the other thing i would say about the external side is just think about what is it you're trying to achieve so and i'm going to bore people now because i'm going to talk about rugby and i didn't really want to do that but there is a rugby world cup going on at the moment the women's game and one of the biggest challenges that is happening for us in the UK is that the matches are on too early in the morning because they're in New Zealand. And there is a problem with rights about who has the rights to share that content on social media. So people are missing the highlights. Now, you can put that on any single sheet. You can put that on Instagram. You can put that on TikTok. You can put that on LinkedIn. You can put it on Twitter. But the problem that they essentially have is the that content is not being shown in the different countries because of who has the right. Now, the thing I would say, if I was a betting person and if um, Dominic was not fed up of me, who's the head of comms at, at World Rugby, is then you have to start thinking about how do you use other things like user-generated content in order to get your message across? And then which are the best channels to get that message across so for him his biggest thing is how do I get all the people in the sands to share my content on their channels and I think you have to also look at what what is up against you because he has access to the all the channels and, the, and World Rugby has the best social media content out there in sport but he has a big problem in terms of who has the right so he has to flip it on its head and think which one is the best for user generated content so that I'm able to get my message out there so it's also looking at the problem you have around your channels. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Um, brilliant. So thank you so much, everyone, um, for joining us today. It's been the fantastic first day of um, Copper Zero Week. And like I said earlier, I literally can't believe it's end of the first day. Like, what's happened? Um, so thank you to everyone for sharing all your pictures on social media. Um, don't forget to carry on sharing. At the end of the week, we're going to be announcing some amazing prizes. Um, so you've all seen the leaderboards. So yeah, we've got some fantastic um, Amazon vouchers up for grabs there. The more you engage with the event, the more um, the higher you will climb up the platform. 
Um, and for your pictures on social media, there'll be a lot of Krispy Kreme uh, vouchers going out. So at the end of the week, we'll just choose um, a few people that we can send all these goodies to. Um, so thanks again, Rebecca and Harriet. Um, it's been a great session. Oh, thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>